0: This is Perspectives, the show where a conversation about our differences seeks to show us what we really have in common. I'm Condis Presley. During Black History Month, I've sought to illuminate little-known stories about our history as well as celebrate how far the community has come in a relatively short period of time. Today's guests have formed a partnership that has the potential to propel the Black community to even greater heights. By supporting entrepreneurs who normally lack access to venture capital or angel investors. Paul Judge is one of my guests today. He is the much buzzed about black entrepreneur and investor. He is a Morehouse man because he has partnered with BIP Capital, one of the most active venture capital firms in the southeast. My other guest is BIP Capital's co-founder Mark Buffington. They have come together to create a new organization in Atlanta Paul, Mark, welcome to Perspective. Tell me about this new initiative that you and Mark have launched. Certainly, yeah,
1: I've been in Atlanta now for 25 years. You know, moved here from Morehouse, uh, then went to Georgia Tech, and then really started building technology companies. So I've been in this this space of building technology companies for the last 20 years and, uh, you know, the last few years investing. And as the kind of ecosystem here has strengthened and we have so many great companies, we've looked at, you know, how do we build a, a fund? and a venture firm that's here to fuel this next phase of growth for Atlanta and for the Southeast. In doing so, I partner with, with Mark Buffington, who has been founder of BIP Capital, and they've been one of the, the most active uh, venture capital firms in, in the region for, for years. And together, we have launched Panoramic, which is targeting to be a $300 million venture fund, uh, headquartered right here in Atlanta, to, to fuel the next- several years of amazing tech companies that we can build in this region.
0: Mark, is it your opinion that Atlanta is really emerging as the Silicon Valley of the South?
1: For sure. I mean, I think it's been that
2: for a while. If you just look at the sheer numbers um, and compared to, you know, I mean, nothing is the Bay Area and, you know, with all the proliferation of technology and the number of startups and the amount of money going there. But you know, if you look at everything after that, Atlanta is really becoming, a, you know, one of the top five innovation centers in the country and has been for the last decade.
0: What makes a community a good place for innovation as Atlanta is emerging to be?
2: Yeah, I think, you know, I always think that it's kind of four key ingredients. Um, you have to have, you know, domain expertise, so knowledge about certain sectors and, you know, Atlanta's great for that. I mean, we're a fintech capital, we're a cybersecurity capital, we're one of the leading healthcare IT centers in the country, you know, I could go on and on, but Atlanta just does a lot of things well in terms of in markets, you know, then you have to have technological and engineering talent. So they, you know, in the new modern era, I mean, this is, you know, most great companies are built around technology or software. So you have to produce, you know, a lot of software developers and engineers. And we do that uh, with our university system here extremely well. Um, you know, take Georgia Tech. Um, I'm biased. That's my alma mater and and Paul's as well. Uh, But, uh, but, you know, we're top five or six in all engineering disciplines and top five in, you know, in the College of Computing across the country. So, um, you know, we produce a lot of talent that is necessary for building software companies. Then you have to have operating talent. And we have a wealth of that from all the companies we have uh, in town. And we're building real know-how around scaling startups. It's a little different than working in a big corporation, but we're building all that, you know, all that know-how, and then you have to have people like Paul and me, risk-takers, people who will invest, uh, you know, in those, uh, you know, in those startups. And when the right ingredients of the first three I named come together, you know, people who are willing to take that risk and invest capital, and so you get those four things together, and uh, particularly, you know, at a decent level, and and you can really build a vibrant. Innovation ecosystem.
0: So the Panoramic Fund is going to three hundred million dollars to grow underserved and promising companies in the Southeast and the Midwest. What are you guys looking to invest in?
1: Really high growth technology companies, and you know that means a wide range of things because technology is is really eating or consuming so many different traditional industries, and so that that ranges from from healthcare uh, industry where you know Mark has has done a lot of investing. It ranges from that to, you know, FinTech, you know, Atlanta has been the the core of so much FinTech with so much of the credit card transactions being processed here, Uh, but then it ranges from that to like enterprise IT, uh, whether it be networking or cybersecurity, and then ranges to to enterprise SaaS. There's so many different problems that exist within companies that uh, need to be modernized and need to be turned into technical solutions. And so companies that we have funded like Lease Query, take takes something that's really overlooked, like... Uh, lease accounting software and modernize it and makes a really strong company based on that. From there, there's a, a, a number of what we've been calling, you know, frontier tech, things that are like evolving out of university labs. You know, like we, we funded augmented reality companies that help enterprises figure out how to do wayfinding distribution centers and warehouses or, uh, you know, software to, Help people build more efficient uh, buildings uh, as you're doing the architectural design, and so there's there's so many different areas that technology is eating. Uh, that it's we fairly agnostic to the industry, uh, but we also fairly agnostic to the stage. Uh, one of the great things about Panoramic is we're able to fund companies at the pre-seed stage, the seed stage, Series A, Series B. So if it's kind of two people and a laptop, or the company is growing to 200 people and growing. Uh, we can fund and and fuel that next phase of growth for them.
0: Paul, tell me a little bit more, actually tell our audience a little bit more about uh, your background, how you came to choose to study at Morehouse and then at Georgia Tech to be the the technology whiz kid genius that you've been now to the point where you you are, quite honestly, you and Mark both, paying it forward by investing in those the way others have invested in you.
1: Yes, I I I came to Morehouse originally thinking I was going to major in chemical engineering. Like growing up in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, that was kind of my view of the world. I was going to be a chemical engineer and kind of work at the plant. And I started programming in high school. because My mother was a teacher, and, and we used to have these old word processors and computers. So I stumbled into programming. But at the time, I didn't realize it was a major, didn't realize it was a career. And so when I got to Morehouse the first summer, I took a, a programming course, and I realized, like, wait, this is what I'm going to do. And so I switched my major. And then I, uh, my third year in college was my last year, I, I worked at IBM and was working on the, the e-commerce site. And it's like looking at the large amounts of dollars going back and forth and like, wait a second, who is, who's securing all this money? And that is what sparked my interest in cybersecurity. And from there, you know, I went to grad school at, at Georgia Tech and did my PhD work on cybersecurity. Like, how do we protect the good people on the internet and this was in you know, 1998 and in 2000 uh joined my first startup it was a company called cypher trust we did email security to protect large companies from hackers and you know over the years i've built a few companies we built cypher trust uh it was acquired then we built a company called purewire that was acquired and then i co-founded a company called pendrop uh, with, with BJ. It was based on his PhD thesis at tech. And now that company secures the call centers of you know eight of the top 10 banks in the country, three of the top five insurance companies. And I realized at that moment, like, wait a second, there's more BJs. There's more like smart people who have great ideas that they want to work on. They want to bring their dream to life instead of working on someone else's dreams. And the question became, how do I help more people do that? And I started a, a space called text labs, it was really about, Hey, how do we have more smart people walk in the door and like, think about their ideas and brainstorm, and then we can help fund some of them. And over the last few years, we've you know funded over, over 40 companies that way. And now it's been a view of like, how do we help more? How do we do it at more scale, have more impact, and that's kind of where Mark and I partnered to, to launch Panoramic to kind of now take it to the next level uh, because we think you know the city and this region is just really ready for it. And but that's a bit of my background and how I kind of stumbled into technology, uh, became a, a, a you know entrepreneur in the startup world. And now that I feel like I, I've seen the mountaintop, uh, my goal is how do we have as many of uh, overlooked people as possible, kind of have access to to building tech companies. Uh, I mean, it's the biggest wealth generator of this this uh, generation. Uh, it's the biggest job creation engine of this generation. And so more people need to know about it, more need, people need to have access to build great companies. And that's what we spend our time doing.
0: Mark Buffington, same question. Did you know this is where you were going to be or did this find you? Uh,
2: uh, yeah, that uh, no, Condis is the, is the answer. Uh, <laughs> is, uh, yeah. Uh, and I, am trying, trying to think about the, did it find me? Uh, uh, I, uh, let me think about that one. But the, the path for me was, uh, I went to Georgia Tech, uh, on a baseball scholarship and I really thought I was going to be a big league baseball player. And, um, in my junior year, my dad kind of pulled me aside and said, you know, son, uh, you've seen what big league ballplayers look like and you're not one of them. You better hit the books. And, uh, so I, you know, I did, and uh, and then uh, you know, tech was a great place for me. I ended up uh, going to an international exchange program, spent two years in Argentina, I, I, it, living there with a the family. I always say there I fell in love with America. Then and uh, just realized how fortunate we were, and, and and really became a capitalist. I realized, you know, how many as you know, as Paul mentions about you know, what technology means to opportunity. I mean, what what really dawned on me living in a country like that was just how many opportunities we have. And so, you know, I, I felt an obligation to to build things and to create jobs. And so, you know, that was the spark for me. And then went to grad school and wound up out West. Um, my background's in econometrics, which is a fancy term for statistics applied to decisioning. And um, so I was working in a hedge fund and ultimately made a little money and started investing in startups. It's hard to be in the Bay Area not. And you know and then a couple of them not to be boastful, but hit and I was like, wow, this is awesome. This is way better than staring at a computer screen all day so I'm going to shift my career to venture capital and you know somewhere along the line I realized you know really what Paul and I are still pursuing. I mean the, the neat thing about Paul is we always shared, the same vision is there's some like he described you know his experience with vj that you know i had the same hits but in a different way out west i was like gosh there's all these cities and all these people females people of color who just have great ideas that don't ever get a look because they're in the wrong place and um you know or they're the you know the wrong ethnicity or race and so i i you know i picked up. It was kind of risky and moved to Atlanta with the dream of being kind of a big fish in a smaller pond. And, you know, that bet has really worked out. But, um, it, you know, I, I certainly like if I, t- I, I guess maybe that is the answer to your question. I guess it kind of found me or I went out seeking it, but I actually found it. I don't know, but so- somewhere in there is the, is the truth.
0: Someone has an idea and they want an audience with panoramic to pitch how hard is that meeting to get
1: i'll tell you how, how for us it's easy you simply uh send us an email or you fill out the form on our website and we we take a look we we learn about your company we will take the meeting most of the time and it's an open door and which is very different than how traditional venture capital industry has worked traditionally the industry was about who you know and there's this concept of warm intros you have to get a warm intro to meet the best VCs, which means you kind of have to know somebody who knows somebody who knows them. You have to be in the right network. You have to be in the right crew or clique, and have gone to the right school. That creates a bias against people from non-traditional backgrounds, right? Uh, if you're a minority, you probably don't know those people. If you didn't go to the right school, if you live in the middle of you know, Alabama or, or, or Carolina, and so it's locked a lot of people out of the industry. And so our approach is quite the opposite of that. It's come to our website and just tell us about your company and we're going to look at it and we're going to understand it and we're going to uh, take a meeting most of the time. And and that I think is how we make this industry more inclusive, but it also it's how we end up having better returns. Let's be very clear. This is a for-profit endeavor, but the way that we're successful is we uncover, unlock investment opportunities that other people are overlooking. And so it's it's a win-win.
0: How is that entrepreneur Idea person best prepared to get a yes.
1: Maybe I'll take
2: a crack at that, Condis. I mean, that, just to put it into perspective, I think that's exactly right. You know, we the first step is getting the meeting and getting a you know a fair review, and I think we're you know really good at that. And Paul's right. I mean, we're just more inclusive the way we've made ourselves accessible. You know, we're just going to see things that other venture firms don't. Um, and we're going to treat those entrepreneurs well. Even if we'd say no, we're going to give them a lot of information, what we found when we researched their industry, et cetera. But your point is well taken. I mean, we, you know, we review, um, and this, is, this number is growing, it's a moving target, but we review you know, just over 1,000 deals a year, and we fund you know, somewhere in the neighborhood of 10 to 20. So the odds are, are, you know, are really low that folks get funded. That said, you know, there's other financiers in town. And, you know, Paul and I both say this. I mean, sometimes we see an idea, it's, you know, gosh, that has promise, but we're looking at four other ideas. And it's like that one just crystallizes for us better and seems to fit us better. We're going to do that. But there's many times, I mean, Paul and I say this all the time, what keeps us up at night is not investing in a deal that is the wrong deal and we end up losing money or getting a subpar return what keeps us up at night is that that great deal that we missed that we just didn't have the foresight to see, you know, what, what, wow, that was great. And we just, you know, just all the pieces didn't come together for us in diligence, but, but you're right. It's, you know, that's the nature, you know, of the beast is that, you know, a small percentage of these get funded. We'd love to fund them all. And, you know, but we just can't, we have limited capital. We have, you know, an obligation to drive returns for our investors. So we're looking for, Not good, not great, but the exceptional company. And um, and you know, what I guess the point is, is there are many. You know, there's only a few exceptional companies out there, but we're also somewhat limited by our own ability to see whether a company is exceptional at a given point in time. And you know, Paul and I certainly have have woken up and be like, man, we missed that one, and uh, that's that's the one that haunts us.
0: When somebody is one of the 10 deals you guys decide to support in a year, in addition to the capital, what else do you provide someone you do the deal with? What kind of support is offered?
2: Yeah, I was just working on this this morning, condes We have something that we call the Founder Success Program. And the, the practical reality, and this is true for, you know, I'm sure Paul and I've never really talked about it personally amongst ourselves, but for me personally, you know, I became a uh, I'm putting this in air quotes, but a CEO when I was 32 years old and, you know, I thought I knew everything then, but I, I really didn't. And, you know, I'd say it took me a decade to, you know, even be competent at that role. And there's just so much to learn. And, you know, so we've built a founder success program that tries to meet entrepreneurs where they are and, and really is like a knowledge sharing platform. If you've never, you know, for example, you know, hired a salesperson, uh you know, put a commission plan in place, um, had to measure their performance and pay that commission out, you know, they're griping, well, I should get credit for that sale or what have you and, and dealt with, you know, that times a million other things that come up in building and scaling businesses, you know, you're really, if you've never done it, you're building the plane as, as you fly. And, you know, what, In you know, having done this now for almost two decades, um, you know, what you see is that entrepreneurs trip over the same things. And, and so did this one when I was starting to build my business early. And, you know, I, so what would have been fabulous is to have a resource just to bounce things off of to understand like, okay, um, you know, what's the optimal mix of salespeople? How much outbound? How much inbound? How You know, I could go on and on. How do I build all the technology that runs our own business, not just the technology we sell to you know other companies? And so, you know, just a million decisions in there. And I, we built, a you know, after you do that for a while, you recognize patterns. And so we built a founder success platform that really helps them avoid those mistakes and shares knowledge and shares problem solving that's already been done amongst our portfolio, uh, you know, portfolio companies. And that's, you know, that's super valuable to them. I mean, I, I say all the time, capital is capital and it's important. But when you're picking a partner as a founder, the most valuable thing you should pick is, know-how, willingness to share that know-how and then you know let's be practical. You know we say we have a a saying that we say it's you know real know-how, real support, real heart. You want to work with people who care about your vision and your dream and care about your success and it's and and this is going to sound pejorative. I don't mean it to but if you know Paul and I've been doing this for a long time and if you run into a young first-time founder and you see them making a mistake it's a little bit like parenting you can't go in and do it for them but you have to kind of teach them so they learn on their own and you know, we built a platform to do that and you know so the right types of founders really really embrace that and you know we say compress time avoid mistakes they're more efficient with the capital and ultimately they have a better outcome which is super important to us i mean paul and i i'm going to say something that probably shouldn't but paul and i have both been extremely successful And you get to a certain point in life and it's, it's just like, I just want other people to have that, you know, if I make a little bit more money, it's not really going to affect my life. My wife still complains about all the same stuff she did when I was poor. And, you know, so I, I, you know, I really enjoy seeing other people have, you know, massive success and it's great to share that with folks. And, you know, that's, that's what keeps me going every day. And I know that's what keeps Paul going.
0: Paul, is it your sense that economically there's almost a growing more level playing field for people of color to compete and be successful?
1: Here's the 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 beauty of the, the tech industry is you, you didn't have to inherit anything like you didn't have to start with land like you didn't have to start with uh, you know lumber or steel or all like you you literally can dream something up and put it on a whiteboard and then code it into a computer and then it's working and it's like adding value and people use it and they pay you for it. And so, you know, the the closest to areas of life that I can think of are like music and art, right? Where you can just sit down at a keyboard. Think about music. You sit down at a keyboard and you make something up and you start playing the keys. And then like that thing is living and breathing and people like it. And it's valuable. Uh, Software is similar to that. You sit down at a different type of keyboard, you dream something up and you start typing and you create something. And then you have to figure out how to distribute something. You have to figure out how to build something that the market actually cares about. So whether it's music you're making or software you're making. uh, And so there's so many similarities where you can kind of really start from nothing and and go build something that it does level the playing field. Uh, I think it's, You know, one of the the closest things to to equal opportunity that that the country's seen. So it's not only kind of the the right thing to do. I mean, it's absolutely the valuable thing to do and a profitable thing to do. And so uh, that's kind of the the double impact of it is we get to uh, be part of uh, amazing companies and and back uh, amazing entrepreneurs by helping others have access to this industry that otherwise may not have.
0: And Paul, you guys are, are also developing strong leaders by sharing your knowledge and your experience as you help them to be uh, on that path toward great success.
1: Yeah, that's part of you know, helping someone grow into a great CEO. You know, It's one thing to have a good idea. Um, it's another thing to build that idea into software. So it's, it's a different sport to, to build a company and, and, and grow a team and recruit people and, and be a leader uh, through the ups and downs. Uh, because, you know, startups, it's funny, a lot of people watch like that Facebook movie, remember that Facebook movie about how Mark Zuckerberg bit, built Facebook, and the movie was 90 minutes, and in 90 minutes, he went from his dorm room to like an app to like a billionaire, it was 90 minutes, right, you're still in the same bowl of popcorn, and so a lot of people see that, and they're like, oh yeah, I want to make a startup, I can kind of do it in a weekend, and three months later, by this summer, it'll all be done, I'll be rich, and people don't necessarily realize that you know the average successful startup like what people call a unicorn like a billion dollar startup the average unicorn takes seven to ten years to build right and so think about that that's twice as long as most people spend in college and so it is a a long commitment uh to to build a tech company it's not a is not a, a short path or quick sprint and so helping someone kind of be a leader that's going to grow that company over the seven to 10 years that it might take uh, is, is really a, a different sport, right? Sometimes I call them sports because like, you know, decathlon, you have to be good at many different things, right? Like one part of it may be like tennis. And then another part is like football, you're getting tackled. And another part is like, and so um, that is part of, of, of what we do. And, you know, we, we call it this founder success program, uh, but it's helping you master, you know, all the different sports that are, that are part of building a startup. and. I mean, one part of it is recruiting, right? One of the the biggest things of success to failure in a startup is the team that you build. And similar to like a college coach, football coach, you might spend half your year recruiting that team and then you spend the other half actually like competing. But kind of that team that you can build around you is is so important and it's something that a lot of first time entrepreneurs may overlook. They wanna kind of hire their friends instead of going to spend the time to recruit the best people you could possibly find. And I always tell people, you know, go make a list of 10 people that you expect to tell, you no. call all 10 and like keep asking them until you find one, you know, take the 10 no, nine no's we find one that will actually join you on that journey. And that, that world-class team member early on just makes makes all the difference in the world.
0: I love how you both are giving back to our community, especially uh, overlooked startups in our part of the country if there's somebody listening who has an idea and thinks that they're they're ready to step out and be one of the 1000 in the year 2021 that pitches you guys where are we sending them to find you online
2: uh, www.panoramic.vc that simple and there's a there's a tag there that basically says apply for capital and just follow that link and uh, it, it's it's really simple to do and we will review it and we will get back to you.
0: Paul Judge, Mark Buffington, working to fill the void in the U.S. venture capital community with Panoramic Ventures, VC. Guys, appreciate your time. Thank you.
2: Thanks for having us, Thomas. Thank you. Enjoy. Absolutely.
0: On our next program, We'll learn how a Metro Atlanta nonprofit is bringing this year's film festival directly to you. We'll also debunk many of the medical myths that too often are believed as fact, plus an important message for everyone about the importance of taking the COVID vaccine. Perspectives is a community and public affairs program crafted with you in mind. If there's a guest you'd like to hear interviewed or a perspective you think should be explored, let me know. Your you're old school, just write me. 1601 West Peachtree Street, Northeast, Atlanta, Georgia 3. 3- 0309 or message me via social media. I'm Condos Presley on Facebook, Condo 29 on Twitter and Instagram. Thanks for listening. Be sure to listen again next week at this very same time as we examine another perspective.